As a large blackbird swooped upon its perch, it looked down at the podcaster. Hmm. I bet he needs some ratings, the raven thought. Maybe I'll get on later and do it. I don't know, though. Suddenly, the podcaster looks up. Oh, you're back. Just in time for this week's episode. Come, take a seat. Good day, everybody. Welcome to The Day Hiker's Guide to Reality, a podcast for those who want to get out into nature and build camaraderie through storytelling. Today's episode is all about fun and games on the trail. Being on the trail is supposed to be fun. I'm going to spend today's episode talking about five games, four for everybody and one specifically for those with children who hike frequently, give them something to do while also building language skills. Also, as I mentioned last week, we finished the hike into the Grand Canyon to see the Colorado River. Oh my god, it was fantastic, and at the same time, it was one of the most physically challenging things I've had to go through. And it genuinely made me reconsider being the host of this podcast. Um, I got the worst leg cramps in my life to the point where it felt like I wanted to give up, and that's never happened to me. And after... A lot of positive feedback from my my friend and a lot of rubbing out my muscles that were like bulging out of my legs ended up making it to the top and it was the most grateful I'd ever been to finish a hike. So that was pretty humbling. And then I got pretty sick the next three days, so that sucked. I thought I had COVID, but it passed really quickly. So I feel pretty fortunate about that. But let me tell you, always bring extra electrolytes when you're going to be in the hot sun. That was a big mistake that I made. I had all the salty snacks, I had plenty of water, but no electrolytes to replace the ones I lost. So, the five games that we're going to focus on today are The Green Glass Door, Black Magic, a game called Hive, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, and for the fifth and final, the one for parents, or anybody with kids, is making a trail scavenger hunt. I believe games are great. They help people bond, they can be challenging, they can be good riddles, and it helps pass the time. By nature, humans love games. We love being challenged. We love the competition. We love being able to see how we compare to those around us. And thankfully, having friends and having good people surround us, most of the time, those are positive experiences. The first game that we're going to talk about is The Green Glass Door. It's probably the most simple game on our list. You just start off by saying, telling everybody that you're with, this is a game about finding out what could pass through the green glass door. And I always started out with, a puppy could pass through the green glass door, but a dog couldn't. This will get people wondering, like, wait, why can a puppy pass through and not a dog? Is it, is it age-related? So most of the time, they'll follow up, oh, so can a kid pass through the green glass door? Which you would respond, no. Then you could follow up such as, you know, you know they're thinking about age at this point. So you could say, a kitten could pass through the green glass door, but a cat couldn't. Now the players are thinking, hey, if it's not age, maybe it's animal related. So then they'll start guessing, oh, can a 
uh, cow passed through the green glass door. Eh, no, a cow could not pass through the green glass door, but a bull could. Have you picked up the answer yet? The riddle? Green glass door is as simple as it sounds. It is, you know, everybody will be thinking about the words, they'll be thinking about the meaning, but nobody thinks about the graphemes or how these words are spelled. So, the key to the green glass door is any of the things that can pass through it have two consecutive vowels or consonants in the written form of the word. Puppy, two P's. Kitten, two T's. Bull, two L's. Um, They can all pass through the green glass door. And if you were clever and you caught initially, green has two E's, glass has two S's, and door has two O's. So, green glass door. Simple, straightforward, and can kill about half an hour's worth of time. Uh, Some people figure it out pretty quickly, but that's the fun, because once the people who do figure it out know the the secret, the key, they'll start playing along and they'll add more to the experience, which sends some people down the rabbit hole. Game number two to pass time on the trail. Black magic. Well, black magic does take some preparation time. You have to find somebody who wants to be the first apprentice. And you explain to everybody playing that you're going to teach this apprentice the secret of black magic, which is telepathy. So, how does a person become telepathic? Well, you take that person to the side and you explain to them that you're going to ask that person a series of questions, yes or no. And you'll explain that, you'll point out an object, is it the computer mouse? No. Is it this cliff bar? No. Is it my boots? No. But then you'll explain to the apprentice that you're going to name something that is the color black. So, say, your cell phone. So you would say, is it my cell phone? Which the apprentice will know to say, no, it's not your cell phone. Then the following object that the sorcerer, wizard, witch, um, telepath says will be the correct answer. And... That, that's the time that the person will say, yes, it's the big boulder over there. Now, after the apprentice has been debriefed on what they have to do, the telepath will go back to the main group, you know, whether it be one person, three, four, and you'll, you'll talk to them. You'll say, okay, as a group, I want you all to pick one object in this room or in this environment, in this car, in this landscape, and I want you guys to all agree on it. And I will know, and I will ask the questions to the apprentice, but the apprentice, I will tell what that object is telepathically. And everybody will, they'll be guessing, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll pick something that for sure, there's no way that this person would be able to know that this is the item that they're looking for. So then after the group decides what the object is, you call the apprentice back into the room. They have to be trustworthy. They can't be eavesdropping because this this game has very dramatic effect. And like Green Glass Door, some people might pick up on it and understand what the secret of the black magic is. But it keeps people guessing. People don't overtly think of what could be the, the telltale sign. Some people might figure it out early like, oh, it's something to do with colors. But people aren't easily swayed in games like this. So unless somebody's very bullheaded, it's going to take a little more guessing than just suspecting it's color related. So once the apprentice is back in the room, you can start asking the questions. 
Uh, is it? And you want to do it. You want to do it subtly. You don't want to do it like so fast every time that it's like, oh, there's a trend. You know, maybe ask four or five questions first. So, is it my boots? Is it my hat? Is it my glasses? Is it my iPhone? And all those should be no. And since your iPhone generally is black, well, mine is anyways. I know they make red, blue, gray. Um, but since my iPhone is black, they'll know to say no. And then the following question will be, well, is it the car? And the apprentice will say yes. And everybody will be stunned. They'll be like, how did he know that? You know, there's no way. He, he must have been cheating. He must have been listening. Uh, did he sign? Did, you know, what happened? Did he look that way? So for added dramatic effect, you can say, okay, we'll do it again. We'll have the apprentice go where they can't hear us talk. You guys will pick an item and I'll close my eyes and I'll just ask questions. This one will be a little bit trickier because the, the sorcerer will have to remember something that's black in order to get the same dramatic effect. But this game, this game can kill half an hour, 45 minutes until everybody figures out the secret of black magic. So this is a great way to pass time on the hiking trail. The next one is a parlor game. And if you've been paying attention, I have an upcoming podcast that's based around this premise. And the original parlor game is The Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. So, how do you play? The idea of The Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon is to connect one random actress or actor to Kevin Bacon in six or fewer movie roles or hops. So, what does that look like? Well, let's take the example of... Oh, boy. uh, Kevin Smith to Kevin Bacon. In the fewest amount of hops... All the players will try to connect Kevin Smith to Kevin Bacon. So, what would that look like? What would be the fewest amount of hops? Uh, I did a little bit of research on this one. I'm not going to lie. I cheated a little bit to explain it to you all. But you can connect Kevin Smith to Kevin Bacon in two hops. And the obvious answer to this one would be Kevin Smith to Casey Affleck in Chasing Amy and Casey Affleck to Kevin Bacon in Lemon Sky. See? And it's that simple. You're just connecting actors to Kevin Bacon. And this can provide a lot of fun. It can bring up a lot of memories of films you really like that you may have not watched in a while. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's a real brain scratcher too because you'll be thinking of a movie and you'll realize how many actors kind of look similar. Like uh, Dane Cook and uh, 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 the guy who plays Deadpool. I don't know why, but those two always look the same in my head. Ryan Reynolds, that's his name. You know, just to have an example to teach people with, how about Kevin Bacon to Meryl Streep? And if you're a huge movie buff, you'd probably say The River Wild right away. So, it only took one one hop. They were there. They were in the same movie together. Who knew, right? Number four on our list is a highly addictive strategic abstract game called Hive. And, uh, you know, in no way am I affiliated with the maker of this game. I'm not getting paid to promote it, but Hive is Hive to Go. Hive Go is one of our most played and most fun games that we own, period. It's a bug-themed game that includes these little black and white tiles, and each bug can do separate actions, and the goal of the game is to surround the opposing player's queen bee. The strategy always changes, the offense you play always changes, the defense you play always changes, 
If you want a game that will keep anybody entertained and be strategic and have the highest replayability of any game, Hive is a great go-to for the trail. And this is more or less a game you play, you know, after a long day's hike or in the morning when you're getting coffee before a big hike or when you're settling down at the campsite. It's super easy to set up inside your tent and play a game. It's really cool too because it's all hexagonal and the map changes and visually it's stunning to see all these different colors and all these different bugs interacting in the hive. So highly recommend picking up a small to-go bag of hive and bringing it with you. It doesn't weigh anything, you can toss it in your day pack and you're ready to go. Now let's talk about scavenger hunts. We all played them when we were kids, and this Sunday is going to be Easter, so you may have even thought about a childhood memory having a scavenger hunt with your family. So, what does a trail scavenger hunt look like? Well, this is going to be a little work on the end of the parent or the person who is taking care of kids on the trail, but get to know your environment. Get to know what foliage is native, get to know what animals are native, and once you kind of have an idea of what to look for, make a list of 10 objects, but don't make them just, oh, find a mushroom. No, explain the mushrooms. You know, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, have the child find the trumpet-shaped mushrooms or have them find the mushrooms that look like shingles on the top of a house. Be descriptive. Use plenty of adjectives. Uh, Again, as Amanda noted in a previous episode, we use adjectives to enrich language to make it thoughtful, and it really does help expand a child's vocabulary. Here in Colorado, you know, uh, have the child find the white aspen tree, or have them find the small, heart-shaped, yellowish, sometimes green aspen leaves. There's plenty of quartz on the trail. Have them find a small piece of quartz and a large piece of quartz. Depending on what area you're in, you know, Maybe you're, it's common to see rattlesnakes. Maybe that can be a way to teach children indirectly to watch where they step. Um, up here in northern Colorado, we have rattlesnakes, we have bull snakes, and I've seen them pretty frequently up by the Horsetooth Mountain uh, Reservoir area. They're pretty easy to spot, and they'll let you know that they're there. So instead of teaching kids to be fearful and always questioning what they're going to do next, make it a game, you know? Put rattlesnake on there. And obviously you're not going to go seeking out to find a rattlesnake, but it would be good for the children to kind of look out, you know. Hey, maybe I can hear it. Uh, And then explain it. Oh, wow. That rattlesnake really does sound like a baby's rattle. I have been thinking about that a lot lately as well. You know, how common it is in our culture to tell children, be safe, look out, watch out. And I've been thinking consciously on how much um, doubt that actually instills in a child. I mean, speaking personally as being a human being, we're pretty creative. We're pretty adventurous. And if we're always going to be doubting ourselves because people think that we can somehow get in trouble, get hurt. And, you know, the people who are supposed to care for us are always concerned about these things. That instills a sense of fear and worry in us. And yeah, while a healthy dose of that can be helpful, I think that, you know, as people, like in the Batman movies, you know, we have to fall in order to learn how to stand up. 
But again, that's all within reason. Obviously, I'm not condoning go find a rattlesnake during your scavenger hunt. But if you do, it's an awesome learning experience and you can say, hey, we saw a rattlesnake from a healthy distance while he was in his own home. I guess that goes without saying. Uh, when you're out in nature, that is wildlife's home. You don't live out there. You are a guest. If the rattlesnake's on the trail and you can't get around him, he might cut your trail a little bit short that day. And that's okay. You know, you'd rather go home and be safe and healthy than end up in the hospital with the potential of losing your leg. So, trail scavenger hunts are a great way to pass the time. Be thoughtful. Be resourceful. Get to know the land that you're on. Some, some places around here even have hieroglyphs. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. So, if you're in a place where you know that native peoples lived at at one time, and you know that there are hieroglyphs in the area, make it, a, make it a priority to pass by them and include them on your scavenger hunt list. It will build memories, it'll build language, and everybody will have a great time. It'll keep everybody busy and not thinking about how they're hot, how they're tired, how they're sweaty. It gives purpose, it gives meaning. And there you have it all. That is a list of five games to pass time on the trail that I would highly recommend. As a recap, we had The Green Glass Door, The Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, Black Magic, The Tile Abstract Game Hive, and, for those with kids, A Trail Scavenger Hunt. Thank you all so much for joining me today. And as always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a rating and review. It really does help keep me motivated. I really do enjoy doing this. But every now and then, that little bit of reinforcement gives me a little extra boost. So again, thank you all who have rated and reviewed. You know, you guys, you guys are the real MVPs here. You know, you went out of your way to make me feel good. And I really do appreciate that because I try to put that out into the world. I try to make everybody that I cross paths with feel good about themselves because I truly believe that we are all awesome in our own way. And I really do. I hope that I'm inspiring some of you to get out this summer, get on the trail. I hope I help you feel more prepared. I hope that I have topics in the near future that you really vibe with. And overall... I just hope you all are well. It's been a tough year. This pandemic has sucked ass. But, you know, we're, we're all getting through it. Because that's what we do as humans. We persevere. We keep moving forward. It's not all about grind until you die. Because if you did that, hey, good for you. That was your life. But that's not everybody else's life. Be kind to yourself. Be happy. Be healthy. And as always, I hope you all are well. And catch you later. Do you ever say anything besides that? Oh. Didn't think so. So where did you come from anyways? No kidding. So, I've been a little embarrassed to talk about this, but I was starting to think that you were my spirit animal. I should do a whole episode on spirit animals? You don't say. Alright, I'll start looking into it.